Welcome to How to Be an Okay Person. Is that the show called? How to Be an Okay Person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> I just thought I might have you've abbreviated something. You've lost it all. You've lost <laughs> I feel it. like you've it's just, there's like so many teeny tiny words in the title that I could have said one of them wrong, like how to be a okay person, which I know is grammatically not correct. So we don't even need to go over that. <sighs> Deep breath. Welcome to How to Be an Okay Person. I am Lindsay Chrysler. And I am Robbie Carlton. Hi. <laughs> Hi. We're back. It's 2018. It is. Some people are, are, are claiming a little prematurely, I think, that 2018 is, is going better than 2017 went. Agreed. It's way premature. People are flapping. <laughs> They're like, oh, 2018. This is going to be the it's, year. This, it's good. Like, we're, everything's coming. And it's like, mm. no. We are climbing our way out one month at a time. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I agree. I, I have felt the same way. When people were doing a lot of New Year's memes about, like, you know, goodbye to 2017 and welcome to 2018, I was like, guys, let's, let's, just, let's just say goodbye to 2017. <laughs> let's not welcome anything else in no i feel proud of us for recording before february is here i feel like this is still the new year in january it's technically it's real close it's close we're we're definitely <laughs> we're definitely cutting it close but it's still january yeah recording yeah when this will actually be out is another thing but not to take any digs at you about editing at oh, all oh yeah I'm really not... yeah yeah <laughs> Just throw me under that bus. To everyone of listening, course. Robbie I, does. I showed up and I showed up and did the recording right on time. However long it takes Robbie to edit the whole thing. Okay, I was just gonna give you a huge shout out before you made me talk like a muppet. So <laughs> no, come on, give me the shout out. You're about to get everything you've ever wanted to hear about your editing. I still want it. <laughs> I take it back. I take that muppet voice back. <laughs> Uh, to our listeners, Robbie does all of the editing and he does an amazing job. I do not, once I record, I do not do anything. Uh, Robbie tirelessly, tirelessly, tirelessly. Well, sometimes you get tired, but see, I can't even give it to you all the way. I don't know what's, what is with no, me today. No, it's okay. I get tired. That's fine. <laughs> That's just accurate. You get tired sometimes, but you tire, tirefully and, um, persistently let's just, and let's just keep the tired factor out of it completely <laughs> i don't think that's relevant sometimes i'm tired sometimes i'm not okay it's like tired i'll choose neutral. a new adjective yeah expertly expertly see we collaborate on everything even complimenting you <laughs> well it doesn't go that well if i just leave it to you anyway you do a really good job editing you do a really good job editing so i take back my comment about We'll see how long this takes because you, you, you take it pretty seriously. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do take it seriously. Too seriously. The last one, I got to like, I got to the point where it was something like um, an average of like an hour of editing for every 10 minutes of audio, which is, is not cool. Wow. <laughs> wow. And it was an hour so, long show? Yeah. So it was like, what's that? Like six hours of editing. Yeah. Wow. That sounds about right. Wow. And and that's like taking out every little um and like any place like there were moments where we would talk over each other and I would reconstruct the conversation and like take little like 
moments from like earlier on just to I'm, this is totally behind the scenes terrible right now but just to kind of make everything make sense like like i would take an okay from like no. earlier on and put it oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i didn't like, know I'm it hand, was that detailed i'm hand stitching these podcasts that last one this one <laughs> i you did I, I went too far i'm not gonna be doing that anymore but um it's fun for me i mean i i just get into a zone of like wanting to craft it um, we got a lot of fun feedback on the last episode, so I don't really have anything else to say about that. It's just fun to hear people talking about flapping and going down, and I feel like over the holidays, it was good for people to have a little... I feel like everyone went down. I feel like there's no way to not go down over the holidays, so... For sure. I mean, it's what it's for, right? It's like literally, it's the season of the down. I mean, it was like, yeah... It, it, it's perfect and yeah i think that was like the most feedback we've had outside of the grid which is the most feedback we've ever had um is for the down and and it's kind of i it's kind of satisfying because they're like Opposites. two wings of a bird yeah right like yeah yeah oh I, I have been cooking on like oh we need to do one that's like given the down <laughs> how do you get back up yes I feel like a humble, a humble, I know we're going to, maybe we'll do a show about this. I feel like a humble bite-sized grid is, is one way. Agreed. The month of January, I did a humble pie grid. One of my exes being dance to one song. Very helpful. That dancing to one song was actually very helpful. Good. Hey, Lindsay here. A quick note before you keep listening. In this episode, we talk about some potentially sensitive stuff, like sexual abuse, and unpleasant sexual experiences. Not everyone wants to listen to that, so I wanted to warn you in case those topics aren't for you. Also, when talking about sex in this episode, we speak about straight men having sex with straight women. We know this is not the only kind of sexual relationship or gender identity there is. So I want to specifically point this out because we want all of our listeners to feel included. And we also want to speak from our own experience. Okay. Back to the show. So so here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to get topical. But hopefully we're going to make it general and helpful. So it's going to be all three things. Topical, but also general and helpful. Right. The topic is, I mean, kind of inspired by, if that's the right word, the story, uh, I think the website is called babe.net, about uh, the Aziz Ansari date. Yeah. Which has been, you know, variously described as a as a as a bad date and as um sexual assault of some kind right and so and you know this is part of the broader current of the me too hashtag me too movement movement that's that's happening over social media mostly i mean would you just say that right like this is a social media thing like is it happening outside of social media i guess in the sense that people are actually getting fired in the real world but like the i mean it's literally a hashtag right there hasn't been a march yet i mean maybe the women's the recent women's march had the spirit of Mm -hmm. it so i don't know any everybody knows what me too is there isn't a person listening to this that doesn't know what me too is unless you're listening you know 50 years in the future in which case awesome we love you we love you thanks for listening and you'll go google me too or whatever the equivalent of google is or you know watch out for the giant sentient cockroaches and good luck (laughs) scrapping together enough food to eat um i really don't think that's gonna happen but okay 
Good. Yeah, I I'm just happy don't think you. we're. I just don't think we're heading towards a time where we're running out of food. I just really don't. I'm so happy for you. That's great. It must be very pleasant. <laughs> um, I'm. I'm being. I. I don't. Let's not get anyway. Any further. Anyway. So me too. You all know what me too is, <laughs> and and you probably all know what the as he said sorry story is. If you don't, we will link to it in the show notes, which you can find on your podcast player or by going to howtobeanokayperson.com. Uh, and we'll give you like the synopsis very briefly. So the story is uh, this: it's it's an interview with a uh, young woman who went to an award show and kind of basically picked up slash was picked up by. But it kind of sounds more like she was doing the picking up in the story. Um, Aziz Ansari, the comedian and actor, um, and and so they they go on a date, and he very quickly. Uh, invites her back home uh, from the day and then there ensues a kind of drawn out sexual encounter where basically uh, she was very very uncomfortable and wasn't wasn't really cool with what was going on uh, and was kind of like would do some stuff she doesn't really talk about why but you know for some of the reasons that women in that situation will do some stuff uh, and then she would kind of back off and say, wait, no, I don't want to. But then and so there was this kind of back and forth. But the 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 in the the, the way that the story is written is to kind of uh, demonize Aziz Ansari as this like very aggressive um, kind of forcing his sexuality on this woman in a way that she was clearly didn't didn't want any part of and that she was kind of like having to navigate this situation for a long time and then eventually it gets too much and she leaves and maybe she leaves in tears or she's she's very upset soon afterwards and she kind of texts him to say um hey like just so you know that was a that was a really unpleasant experience i don't have the exact quotes you can read in the article but this is the gist like that was a really unpleasant experience like you i feel like terrible and violated essentially and and Aziz Ansari's response was, "Oh man, like I didn't know that was going on for you. This was like a, a miscommunication, and I'm sorry you feel that way." Mm-hmm. And so, and then the, you know, and then there was after the release of this article, there was like a whole kind of media response and every for everything from kind of like, "Oh, this is like we said, like this is this uh, egregious sexual assault," and like you know. Aziz Ansari is like supposed to be a feminist, but clearly blah blah blah. To the other poll of like, eh, this was just a bad date. Like we can't go around policing people about this stuff. Right. And so that's kind of like that's the the stage. And what I got inspired to talk about on the podcast as a result of that is not that story specifically because like we don't know the details and blah 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 and mm-hmm. like I just and and every and it's it been just done. feels like I mean it is it's just been done like everything's has been, been said crazily done. Right, everything has been said the, on on the kind of the specifics of that story, but I, but I I wanted to address a more general um, thing and a question of like what like because that story like maybe some of the details are extreme and it's funny like there's a generational thing like people are talking about like um, feeling prudent like reading the details and like there are people that are kind of like in their 50s who are reading details and like oh my god like what are you guys <laughs> doing on a first date and i felt a little like that really there was some stuff that felt like it did feel like whoa like this yeah yeah a little so i mean not that i haven't 
done stuff on a first date, but I don't know. I think maybe it was to do with kind of some of the... So for me, like, maybe we're getting... This is a tangent, but, like, for me, some of the more, like, kind of dominant, like, aggressive um, sexual stances come online once I'm pretty comfortable with a person. That's not how I lead in, in like, a new sexual relationship with a new person. I don't lead with, like, the aggressive, like, kind of, like, sticking your fingers down someone's throat and, like, this... Like, I feel like that's something that, like, it's just something that, that takes a, a little more uh, comfort in the relationship. Intimacy, for me to feel comfortable mm-hmm. with. like that's just a that's a, so mm-hmm. i think maybe that's all it was i'm just like whoa anyway so that that specific story has been done to death but that but the the more general story and let's just say like whether this is what happened in that case or not i don't even want to like pass judgment on like i said we, we weren't there we don't know but but it's it's has a similar shape to a more general phenomenon, which I think everyone is familiar with, where a man is um, aggressively pursuing sex with a woman and the woman is uncomfortable mm-hmm. and she's kind of trying to communicate that with nonverbal cues or slightly ambiguous verbal cues. Mm-hmm. Like, right, rather than saying like, no, I don't want to have sex with you. It's like, you know, can we slow down? That's like... It's, it's, it, like, obviously that's a verbal cue and it's, it's open to different interpretations. Like in, uh, Search Party, where, which is a show, Porsche's on the, which is a show. It's an amazing show. You should watch it. There's a, there's a scene where one of the characters, Porsche, it has to, like, kind of be on a date with a guy she doesn't want to be on a date with for her friend's nefarious purposes. And he's kind of trying to make out with her and he's like making out with her and she doesn't want it. And so she says, can we just like go slow? Can we slow down? And so he's like very slowly like <laughs> crawls. Oh, he's like, oh, sure. Yeah, we can ca- slow down. And he very slowly crawls <laughs> across the couch over to her and starts like kissing her. So, you know, like it's, it's just like slightly ambiguous communication. But, um, so that situation, and then you have this like mismatch between this man and the woman, and then the woman ends up feeling crappy about right. it, and you know some anywhere from just like ah oh, this didn't go the way I wanted to like wow I feel really gross and violated, and the man feels like kind of disappointed and confused and like he wanted something and he didn't get what he wanted, and like or he got and it and he he's... doesn't know that she had a terrible experience, right. Yeah, or he got it, and and then maybe he doesn't know why she doesn't call back, or maybe he doesn't care. But like part of this, the the conversation I want to have is like I think most men care. Like most men actually want to have a positive impact on women that they have sexual relationships with, and so it's not for the most part. Oh, he just doesn't care. Like those guys are out there. They're just like just they're just using women as sexual objects, and they really don't give a fuck. Like they're definitely out there, and. But but this is when those people are probably not listening to our podcast, <laughs> and it's you know, and if they are, then maybe they'll get something. But it's possible to care, and it's actually good to care, and it's it it causes massive benefit to both people. That's that would be the my my invitation for those people. Mostly, I think it's it's a different thing that's going on, and that's what I yeah. wanted to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. Anything you want to add to that kind of setup? Well, I'll say I I like the question. I like getting out of the analysis of the journalism and the 
whether Aziz Ansari is a good person or not. And we're actually getting out of that question and into the question of how can we help? How can we like this? Because my experience reading the article was I've definitely had a similar experience to her. I mean, or I've I've just had sexual encounters that left me feeling bad on a on a on a scale of kind of uh, till it really really bad. So I like the question of what's going on that has this being such a common experience that people are relating to so much that they don't recognize anything about that article being about sexual assault as it, it, you know there's a lot of people that think that's just a normal bad sexual encounter and it happens to everybody and it's happened to everybody multiple times. So right. I like the question. And I I guess what's interesting is for me uh I loaded up when I was kind of asking this question and the the like what I loaded up was mostly like what's going on for the man and what adjustments can we make for the man. But as you were speaking I was thinking, oh, and like what's going on for the woman and what adjustments can she make? is also a question, yeah. right? And there's some way that, like, giving adjustments for the man is a politically safer thing to do. Way safer. Um, but as you were speaking, I'm like, oh, well, you've been in that situation. I imagine the you of today would respond very, very differently to a situation like that from the you of 10 years ago. Yes, absolutely. And that you have learned a lot of things about navigating those kind of situations, which would be helpful. Yes, avoid them at all costs. don't talk to anyone that feels bad no but it's taken me many adjustments it's taken me many 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 adjustments to get to the place now where i don't think i have any more of those situations in my future mainly i don't drink so as much you know i just don't drink as much but um that was the main adjustment i made but i but there's been many many adjustments yes and what would have been amazing is well that gets into the bigger topic yeah, it's a political safer conversation to talk about the male adjustments because there is a female there is a female safety thing that is true no matter how self-aware or empowered or like trusting of my voice and my truth and speaking up and being able to walk away there have been moments where I felt unsafe. And and that's one of the asymmetries in these situations is that um the men in the situation very, very rarely, I mean, specifically in this situation, there's, there are sexual situations where a man might experience this. But in this kind of situation we're talking about, the man is not having a fight or flight experience. He's not adrenalized. He's not in a state of kind of like um, safety fear, whereas the woman very well might be, right? So that's an asymmetry right there. Um, and I think is part of what's going on. And that the man... Um, is not even considering that there is this difference, mm-hmm. right? This asymmetry. Right. And I think that that's like when this Me Too stuff first um, came out, I remember tracking a bunch of experiences that I've had that were, that would constitute like that i could have written a me too post right and i didn't because it didn't it just didn't i didn't want to and it didn't feel appropriate and for any number of reasons but i remember tracking in my own history like oh there was this time at the sex cult where they like kind of made me have sex with someone and there was the time like when i was a a, a teenager and this woman basically kind of pressured me into and like you know there were several situations like this that like oh this is my version of this and and my system just doesn't have 
much charge about any of those experiences mm. and and which is not to say that like again like there are times when men genuinely like men are, are victims of sexual abuse right that that yes. can happen so i don't want right. to discount those experiences but i think that there are there the there's just because of that asymmetry about physical safety that the the cases where it kind of leads to trauma are fewer um, mm-hmm. for men than for women. I do think that there's a differential there. And I think that the the lack of understanding of that is partly what causes men to behave in ways that traumatize women. Mm. Right? Like, the, the men don't get that it's a big deal because for them it wouldn't be such a big deal. Right? Right. And I do think that that's a, I think that that's one of the kind of important differences here. It's not the only thing we're going to talk about, but... Yeah. 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 Does that make sense? Does that fit for you? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. I, re- I mean, I shared with the Me Too movement when it first started on Facebook. And the main thing, the main, I mean, the Me Too movement is a little, like, it's it's taken on this other side of this, like, the way I related to it were women speaking up about their experiences of being violated to show that there's, like, a lot of violation happening and we need to do something about it. And, and yes. the main reason... I, I was and then I sorted back in my history. I'm like, oh, yeah, like I feel really unsafe in nature. I feel really unsafe all the time uh, walking mm-hmm. my dog and walking. In the street. There's like a, a lack of safety that I still feel from uh, being sexually violated when it was not about alcohol or frat parties or anything like that. It was I mean, there was those violations, too. Um, but there's a way that. I can sort of take responsibility for drinking too much and all those other things. With the other one, I'm like, well, I just, yeah, I don't feel safe in the world as a woman. I just don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm constantly slightly on guard. And I wonder, and um, yeah, so the safety thing was a big part of the reason why I spoke up in the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. It's tricky with the Aziz and Sorry thing because, well, no, he had that power. He has the like political, I guess the political power. There's the physical safety and then there's like the political power and the ability. But then look at her political power and she just slammed his whole career and she had her voice has tons of power. Right. Feels so mixed about everything that's going on right now. And and I mean and if we just take away like the Aziza Sar and sorry and like it's just like two college students, right? Same story. But it's just two college students. So that we take away the kind of celebrity because there was this weird dynamic in that story about celebrity and right. like her kind of like excitement about his celebrity and then and then the way that that interacted with the power with their the power dynamics, right? And so but, like yes. that adds this whole extra layer of complexity. But like the same thing is happening in 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 colleges across the country and you know Yes. And yeah. So, like, and that's what we want to talk about is what's going then, on with that because it's happening everywhere. Right. Right. And so the main thing that I notice about this and kind of what I want to talk about is um like the thing that astonishes me about that situation is that the man is not tracking the discomfort of the woman. Mm. That it's not like registering for him as something that should be attended to. At the very, like he's either completely unaware of it or he's aware of it, but his approach is to kind of pretend it's not there and to proceed like it's not there. And like that, like uh, either of those possibilities, and I think probably both happen, um, 
I think like that's the problem, right? Like that's the problem from the man's perspective. Like that's the thing that men can do different that will change these situations is they can start paying attention to the discomfort. If you're in a sexual situation with a woman to pay attention to her level of comfort and enthusiasm about what's happening. And if you are paying attention to that, to like allow that to be known in the eyes and ears of the, of the, of the group of the couple, right? Like, so rather than to kind of like proceed as if it weren't happening with fingers crossed, but instead to kind of say, Hey, you know, and, and this is, we're getting into the interventions already, but, but like, just to say like, you know, Hey, like, are you having fun? Like, is this fun for you? And like, to just create that opening and the dynamic. And you can do that in any number of ways. There's so many things I want to say. Like, I, like the reason that that... So there's two things. There's, there is the skill of being able to track and attune to that that other person. Uh-huh. And and then there is the willingness to... Adjust. Kind of change your... Yeah, to adjust, exactly. And so I want to talk about... One of the things that gets in the way of all of that, which is just this fixation with the goal. Yes. Right. And the scarcity of having that goal, the the, the right. illusion of scarcity or the actual true scarcity. Right. And the kind of there's this irony, which is that the the fixation, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That fixation actually creates more scarcity. Mm. Yeah. And and exactly like a scarcity. And and, you know, one of the. um kind of memes around this this idea one of the ideas is that it stems in part like the reason that there's so much charge like there's so much kind of like just yeah fixation and and intensity in that um the desire of the man to like achieve this goal like oh if i can you know put my penis inside of her then like that's like the good and we need to make that happen uh, at all costs and 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 it's not like this is necessarily a conscious thought process but it's 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 like the 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 goal achieving mechanisms of the whole being kick in and they delete information like oh she's not that into this mm-hmm. as being like not useful for achieving this goal mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um or or they delete information like my my kind of impulse to back off a little bit and say like hey is this fun like you know, is this working for you? That that kind of like creating that space, uh, deleting that impulse because like, oh, that's not going to get me towards that goal. Right. So instead, like, I'm just going to, and I, and you know, part of what's happening, I think this is true. I mean, who knows? I think this is true is that it, the reason there's so much charge in that desire and that goal is um, in part due to the, the, the way that men have been culturally, disconnected from their their um the, from themselves mm. in all of these different ways like the uh the culture kind of trains men from a very early age to to control and shut down their emotions mm. and their vulnerability and like this is like a big part of the felt experience of the self and so then all that's left the only place where a man can feel himself is in sex mm. and so then that it becomes like all of this like longing to feel yourself mm. becomes channeled into this one goal. And like, if I can just do this, then, um, then I'm going to feel, then I get to feel myself. I get to feel connected with myself in this whole thing. And I've definitely had the experience of, um, 
like having a, a big emotional release that's unrelated to sex and then having a different relationship with my sexual desire afterwards. Mm. Like that it's that the there's something that was kind of contracted and, and pinched mm-hmm. that becomes like softer and, and looser. So I do think that, that it, it fits some of my experience that like part of where that fixation comes from is that um, kind of cultural pathology. There's another piece which is about like uh, like the men's related like men's uh, hunger for touch and the fact that like men are, are starved for touch. I mean, I think everybody in our culture in like the West in America especially is starved for touch, and I think men are like especially starved for touch. Like for a lot of men, there just isn't any avenue where they're getting regular physical contact with other human beings. Mm. And so that's another place where it's like, but in this, if I can just like get this woman to get naked with me, then I can be touched. And it's yeah. again, not a conscious process, but there's like all of these, these compacted needs yes. that, that get channeled through this one dimension that I think raise the stakes and raise the charge like far outside of what is actually like the appropriate level of stakes and charge. Right. And it's also why part of what makes it like, Woo, like so exciting exciting right but but at this cost which is that you actually can't be uh really conscious and um present and in relationship right 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 so you lose yourself and you lose the other person in the process right which for the woman is like then it sucks <laughs> right yes and 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 for the man too for the man too I, I well I don't know I don't know if the men are tracking as much of how suck how much that sucks as women are. Yeah, it's interesting. I think because that like I think that I mean of course it's different in every case and whatever. But I think like as a generalization that the, because women have more access to themselves through other channels. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the, at themselves, I specifically mean the kind of felt experience of like you know there. It's all very complicated, but like this is about the felt experience, like the f- like intimacy with yourself. Uh-huh. How about that? And so I think because women have more access to that with in other channels, there's less of an urgency. You mean more access to that in other channels, meaning w- we are socially more encouraged to feel our feelings in other places other than sex. Right. Exactly. And to be intimate with, like, the people that are close to you, to talk about your feelings, like, right. to be vulnerable, like, all of these things that mean that um, the charge is less for a woman than a man, an equivalent man in the same situation. And so the woman has more of her consciousness online to be, like, the woman is not kind of, like, so goal-oriented towards, like, I just got to get that cock in me and nothing else matters, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if she is, then... Like, sometimes women are like that. And when they are, I think that, like, the level of disconnect is not so, uh, like, noticeable or terrible, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, like, we're just two fucking meat machines bashing against each other. Sometimes that works fine. and But but it, it's when it's when there's, like, the man is like, I just need to get this thing done. And the woman is going, like, well, hang on. Like, I don't know how great I feel about this. That then that's going to feel crappy for the woman. Right. Right. So there's a cultural, there's another cultural piece, which is not about the kind of like the disconnection, men's kind of fundamental disconnection. Um, 
Because I think, like, that disconnection thing, it, it accounts for some of it, but, like, there are cultures where men are... Um, connected to themselves. M- more connected to themselves that still have, like, you know, th- not necessarily the greatest, like, sexual dynamics, right? Like Impact. Yeah. Like, they can still have a kind of violent or aggressive or kind of unconnected, disconnected sexual impact. Right. So I think that that doesn't kind of like address the whole thing. Um, I th- And so there's another piece, which is, again, this is a cultural piece. But it's a different cultural piece, which is this idea. And I, I kind of came across this in explicit form in the pickup stuff, mm. which we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but we will. Um, and in the pickup stuff, they talk about... Um, like there's what what one one kind of philosophy is like the uh the the man is the gas and the woman is the brakes, mm-hmm. and so like the man's job is to be the gas, so you keep escalating like that's that kind of framework, and that's the 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 you know and like there's many different schools of pickup stuff and different people teaching different stuff, but like the main drag of it has this idea of like yeah you keep escalating, and then the woman will put the brakes on in different ways and it's your job to kind of like in the slightly more conscious ones like stop when she puts the brakes on and then give it a minute and then keep escalating again right and just keep like you are the gas and she's the brakes and so you're in this kind of battle um and i think that that is explicit in the pickup world but it's implicit in the whole culture right Mm -hmm. like the whole culture is geared around that right and there's a way that like it's kind of men's responsibility culturally to initiate, right? To to go and like ask her out on the date, yeah. And to go and like make the move, and like the whole like so the culture kind of like trains men that it's their job specifically, and trains women that it's really not their job, and that it's unladylike, right? I mean, yeah. this is not a huge revelation for anyone, but like it's unladylike to um, to instigate to go and give a guy your number, right? Like. I mean, how would you like? I mean, do you have you done that? I'm sure you have done that because <laughs> you're not always totally ladylike. But like, how does that live for you, right? Like, does that fit for you that you that you kind of have had that cultural training? Yes, absolutely. And and if you were to initiate, it's either socially inappropriate or it's unattractive, or you're gonna only get a feminine man if you do that. And like, it's just it's it's not. Yeah, and then that turns into not taking any initiative for your sex life, which turns into nobody having as much sex as they want to have. Right. So, and and then, yeah, and then the kind of man side of things is like, like, you're a pussy if you don't go and, like, ask out that girl at the bar. You know, like that, the thing in Greece, that first song, right? Like, tell me more, tell me more. Did you you get very far? Right, like, Uh and there's this whole, I mean, it's so that's just so brilliant. So that dynamic, but, and here's the thing, there's an evolutionary and an energetic basis for that. Yes. Like, it's not like that that uh, dividing of the kind of the the roles is intrinsically bad. Like, I do think that, like, the man embodying, like, the active principle and the woman embodying the receptive principle is part of the the sexual dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I'm not kind of saying, like, oh, culture is terrible and everybody should be asking everybody out all the time. There should be no differences between the sexes. But but just to notice that, like, that, like, we want that to be in consciousness. We want to be aware of that cultural presupposition and that kind of maybe 
biological pre predisposition and it's not always actually the best thing to do in the situation to kind of follow it in every moment right, right? like this is why you know like animals like rape each other right and so let's not do that <laughs> and let's let's not do the kind of like rape adjacent like very very pushy until she just kind of she just gives in she just like acquiesce acquiesce yeah until she just acquiesces to to your or, your advances or is resigned right? Like, to right which is what leads to that terrible feeling the next day right yeah so it's both sides it's not it's not that let's not rape each other and also let's not totally take the polarity out of everything and ignore right. the the biological impulse or the the yin yang of like what's going on because we we don't want to lose all sexual polarity either. Exactly. And deny maybe a, a impulse that we naturally have. We're not saying men like stop approaching women at bars, stop sending messages on OkCupid, just lay back and let the universe fuck you. Because a it's not gonna work. <laughs> Right. and be right it's just really not like no. men know this is this is also part of why men kind of you know go out and do their stuff is because like if you lay back and wait for the universe to fuck you i mean in some in the kind of like funny way of it fucking you like the way the universe fucks you then the universe will fuck you but in the in the sense of like the universe like bringing you your make it, sexual making dreams. love to you bringing you your sexual <laughs> dreams like lying in your room waiting for that to happen or dressing real nice and like hoping that's going to happen actually doesn't work for men in a way that it does for women. I mean, if she's, if she stays in her room, that's not going to work. But if you just go outside and dress real nice, like, and, and kind of like allow the universe to bring this, 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 these kind of experiences to you, that's actually available for women. Right. It is. And it, and it, and it is, it is, and it is not, probably as much as it used to be because of the way the gender conversation is going. I don't, I don't know that. I mean, yeah, it's more, it's available, but it, I don't think it's like as available as it used to be. That's interesting. And yeah, sure. And it's like, it's no easier for women in, in totality. It's just like right. getting a penis inside of, inside of you is easier for a woman than getting your penis inside of someone is for a man. Like that part. Yeah. I mean, there was, this is another kind of piece of wisdom from the pickup world, which you know, the, the last piece I don't want to code is wisdom, by the way. But this one I, I like is that, you know, for men, for men, it's like there's a scarcity of sex. And for women, there's a scarcity of good sex. Yes. And so and so both are kind of like scarcity. And for men, both both are in a certain kind of scarcity. And it's not like one is easier than the other. And for women, it's more like they have to kind of keep the keep the, the doors closed because there's like so much bad sex is available and kind of presenting itself to you that it's like you have to n yes. navigate that. Yes, yes, right? yes. Whereas men, that's not the experience right, for, that's for not men. Right, that's not men experience. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. maybe there are some like incredibly beautiful or like f movie star men that do have that experience. But for the for the vast unwashed masses, it's not like that. Right. It's, we're not like turning people away at the door on the daily. The, the, the kind of last piece that I want to, Say well, there's no, there's a couple, but one is that um, active principle in the man and, and receptive principle in the woman. I think, like, yeah, we like you said. I, I think you said it really well. We need to make room for that, um, and we don't want to get rid of all of the polarity, and we don't want to be like raping raping each other or like that. Um, right. So here's the moment for sexual evolution for everybody. 
Yes. Which is what you were kind of inspired by that article. Like, let's go to the next place, people. Right. And, and one of the things that I really want to, um, and this kind of contradicts the last thing we were just saying, but that's okay. Uh, but that I really want to hammer home one of the learnings that I had in like post pickup world, other worlds that I was studying in. One of the important learnings, I think, is that for the man giving room, like not just being the gas all of the time, but giving room for the woman to to have space to be a yes or a no is actually more, it's like, it's better for the woman because it like actually, you know, it's just a better experience for her. She gets to be more of herself. She has more room for herself and, and like her preferences, but it's also actually ultimately better for the man. Mm. And it's better for the man, um, one, because women are going to be more likely to want to be around him. Because mm-hmm. they feel safer and they feel like they can have their experience. Right. And two, in the actual exchanges, uh, the exchange, there's just more room for richness. Because he's, instead of like the woman being this object that he's kind of just going to se- get sexually satisfied by, she becomes a subject that he's in relationship with. And there's just more, it just gets more interesting from there. Yeah. And so like not being the guest, and this is one of the things that, that I learned in, in my own sex life that was really, really powerful was like, oh, like you as the man, like you can be the active principal by holding space for the woman to emerge and for her desire to emerge. And like sex is best when it is this dance between desire and satisfaction Mm. it's actually like an art form of of playing with these two primary tones of desire and satisfaction Mm. desire and fulfillment and the the problem with the she's the brakes and you're and you're the gas model is that the man provides all of the desire and then it's all about there's no room for for the kind of dance of it it's just the man wanting it and the woman defending until she doesn't want to defend anymore against it. Right. And then they have an experience of satisfying like the orgasm wanting, but it's not, but it's this kind of, it's this flat satisfaction. It's this like empty calories. Yeah. Kind of like a getting it done satisfaction. Yeah. And whereas like as the man, like while you're holding this active principle, you're actually like interacting with the woman in, in ways that, allow her desire and welcome her desire to come out then you get to dance with her desire and it's just like so much more rewarding it's so much more fun there's so much more juice in it part of the what's kind of quote tricky about this is that you have to be willing for it to be something else to come out. Like, exactly. you can't just welcome her desire out and be like, oh, yeah, I told... Because a lot of men would say, oh, well, I totally welcome her desire. Like, of course. But you have to also be willing to welcome her shyness, her awkwardness, yes. her anger. Her discomfort. Her rage. Yep. Her ambivalence. Right, like traumatic currents that are running through her from previous... All of that. Like, her, her like, I don't want to... Her no, right? Like you have to want, you have to make room for all of that. And and then when you make room for all of that. You have the kings to the kingdom. <laughs> right. I mean, is this true? Does yeah. this fit for you? Yeah. 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 Like then there's room for her desire and it gets fun. Yeah. I mean, when when I feel safe and wanted and welcomed, 
No matter every part of me. I mean, it's just like then we're both in the total surprise of the experience. I have no idea what's going to happen and neither does he. And then it's an adventure and it's not checking sex off the list. Yeah. And then it's like you have I mean, sex is such a place where you can have like wildly different experiences all the time. And there's and for women, there's so much intimacy in that. There's so much connection and witnessing and and like all that stuff that like, oh, like attention that feels so good as much as the physical contact feels good, as much as this, you know, the soul spiritual connection, as much as like the yeah, the physical and the subtle, the intimacy, like the actual connection, which I think is what women are so starving for is like actually being in a moment with another person. Mm-hmm. and having an impact and feeling all of that, that becomes available. And there are infinite possibilities in that moment mm. when you sign up for that. Right. And that only becomes available if you are willing to actually be in that moment with that person, which means you are willing for them to be however they are. That's kind of one of the primary takeaways. The other piece is like you use the word attention. And I think there's there's these kind of in, I've been trying to figure out these interrelated categories. and I don't know how well we're going to do but there's like attention and there's attunement Mm. and there's rapport Mm -hmm. and and these are all kind of different but related things and i i think i want to talk about attunement like people say oh pay attention like pay attention and it's like what does that mean i think it means really different things for different people like maybe like for one person it means like uh paying someone a compliment like oh your eyes are really pretty that's paying attention mm-hmm. you know or it means like asking her about like facts about her life or whatever right that's paying attention like great that's good and attunement is and this is this is you know uh, a, a a stance that you can take in any situation in life but we'll talk about it specifically in the sexually attunement is when you are paying attention to someone's being and, you know, by being, I mean, whatever, you know, like that, that physical, but also that they're energetic and they're emotional and they're mental and like the whole kind of sum of who they are as much as you can pay attention to. It's paying attention to that with with the emphasis on how will different things uh, affect them. So if I'm attuned to someone, it means that I have some sense of like, oh, like if I get more energetically and this is more energetically loud right now, they're going to enjoy that and it's going to light them up or I'm going to get more energetically loud right now and they're going to feel kind of like a, like invaded and it's going to be too much and it's going to kind of like fry their circuits, right? And it's not like you have to know that, but you're paying attention to it in the moment so that then you kind of get a bit more loud and it's like, oh, that was like too much. Or you kind of get like soft and it's like, oh, like I feel connected now or the other way around mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. But it's just a noticing of your impact on them in the moment in real time. And like this is so obviously incredibly applicable to sex. Right. But it starts <laughs> it starts way before sex. It starts like the moment that you see someone in the bar. Mm-hmm. Right. Or wherever you meet someone in the coffee shop, the moment that you see them, you can be attuning to them and then the whole relationship can kind of like live through that lens. And I know as a man that that's really been important. I I wonder is it, I think women just more naturally do that. Like it's again, like for cultural reasons, for biological reasons, for all these reasons, I think women more naturally attune to the people that are around them. And for men, I think it's more something that um, it's not required 
for you to kind of get your get your man stamp whereas they think it kind of is required for you to like a woman that's not very good at attuning society doesn't want to give her the woman stamp 100 percent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, i don't know mm-hmm. if this is true like i'm kind of riffing here a little yeah bit. i'm thinking back on my experience of learning about sex i think my main focus was attuning to myself not attuning mm-hmm. to the man and now i think i'm working on both at the same time but yes i had to spend more time attuning to self and what is my desire in this moment and what speed do i need and what like it was much more of that training yes that makes sense so like for both people the 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 adjustment is uh to pay attention to the woman, <laughs> to attune to the woman, because um, yes, and and for a variety of reasons. So that's attunement. So I think like that's the kind of one of the primary mm-hmm. skills. I also want to talk about rapport, and I don't know. I it just like this was just part of what came to me in in kind of thinking about this topic. Yeah, and it was a hit on the last podcast. We got a few messages about one of my friends saying rapport is her new favorite word. Yes, rapport with self. So this is rapport with with other selves, as Carl would say. So I'm going to just say a little about rapport that just pretty much comes directly from the NLP world and specifically NLP Moran, um, which if you're ever going to study NLP, that's the place to do it. It's great. So in NLP, to when they train people in rapport, what they do is like you sit down with someone and you make... You, the shape of your body the same as the shape of their body so if they're crossing their legs you cross your legs if they have like their hand rested in their chin or their chin rested in their hand you rest your chin in, in your hand uh if they make certain kind of gestures you repeat those gestures especially when you're talking about the thing that they were talking about when they made the gesture you try and kind of like have your tone of voice be the same speed the same volume the same kind of range between like is it a lot of like like uh dynamic range in terms of pitch or is it kind of more monotone and flat and the same pitch over and over again like all of these different variables you try and use the same words as them so if they say like i'm really excited you say oh wow yeah you're full of you know you're you're really like energetic it's like no no no, you're really excited you kind of use their language so all of these are tools for getting in rapport and uh like if you want to practice these tools you can either do that just for fun uh, with people around you and like not tell them uh, I would choose one of those different dimensions that I just named at a time and just practice that one for a little while and then switch to another one the best way to do it is to get in a group of two other people that they'll actually want to practice this stuff and you take it in turns you have one person you have a conversation where you have one person just being themselves you have another person doing rapport and then you have a third person witnessing so this is a great exercise and then you rotate and then you go through all of those different channels if you spend a weekend doing that you've done the first weekend of most NLP trainings and and a lot of people have a lot of objections to this and I'm not I can't address all of the objections because we don't have enough time on this recording but what I'll say is like it's presented as a tool for you to help the other person get comfortable uh, for kind of neurological reasons it helps them as an animal know that you are the same kind of animal as them rather than something that's going to eat them so it they know <laughs> that you're another sheep and not the wolf um, so that's kind of part of the function and then their system gets to relax and deeper parts of them come out and some people will say like oh well that's manipulative and it's like well it depends it depends what your intention is in the interaction like that's actually like if you uh, want good things for for the other person even if you also want good things for you but you want good things for both of you then I think that that's fine but more important what it also does is it's a main line to deep attunement and they don't really talk about this in NLP but but what starts to happen is if you get into rapport with someone, the, another one is like breathing, like you stop breathing the way that they do, like deep breaths or shallow breaths in the same rhythm. 
when you start to do these kind of mechanical uh, maneuvers of rapport with someone, you can't help but start to feel what they're feeling because our bodies are the tool, the the tools with which we feel. Mm-hmm. And so you just start to feel what they're feeling. And then once you feel what they're feeling, it just becomes like it becomes like in your interest for them to feel good, like purely selfishly. And like this is what happens when you kind of get to this level of attunement and rapport in sex is like at this point like i don't think i could have sex with someone that was really uncomfortable because it would feel awful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's a pleasure of sex is a mutual pleasure right and it's a pleasure of like i'm feeling what you're feeling and it's that together is what feels good Mm -hmm. this is where i get phone calls from ex-lovers saying well actually (laughs) (laughs) the last time we had sex you know we're, we're all we're all striving for this goal it's never when you're never the, all the way there it's never perfect yeah it's never right. perfect but we are pointing to an experience that might be better i think it's absolutely better the the main takeaway is like care both because it's just like the right thing to do if you're a man is to care about the woman's experience and and also because it's actually going to benefit you more um for purely selfish many purely selfish reasons she's going to stick around she's going to respond better to you and at this deeper level you're actually going to feel her pleasure and so if she the more she's into it the better it is for you and so there's like care and then there is have the intention to pay attention to this thing that you're caring about which is her experience and then there are these kind of more specific stances there's this rapport stance which you can actually just train in your general life and there's this attunement stance which kind of emerges from the rapport stance i think and is is related but different which the best way to practice that is a do those rapport drills but also again just have the intention i'm gonna have the intention to pay attention to my impact on this person i'm interacting with over time and like most if not all of everything we've said is true about like any interaction that you're having with someone if it's not like purely if it's not purely transactional if it's not like Mm. why i'm paying you this money to like clean my car like you don't have to but if you're having like a relational experience with someone which is there for your relational mutual enrichment all of this stuff that we're talking about i think applies uh and i'm speaking really really quickly because we have a time limit on the recording today and i know we're getting close so i want to leave some room for you because i i i recognize the irony that i've been talking about leaving room for the woman and have not really left that much room for lance on this call what i want to say is if this if listening to this brings up hunger like some sort of desire hunger or feeling of like uh, like um sometimes these conversations can feel like i know when i first started hearing about sexual experiences that are like in my opinion vastly more pleasurable and in my world spiritual doesn't have to be spiritual at all it does not have to be spiritual it can still be amazing sex and it doesn't have to do anything with god but god is fun um this this Aziz Asari article for me brought up like, oh, well, that's just like a normal sexual encounter. And I felt really sad about that. I felt really disappointed and sad that there was such a, a, a widespread reaction of that's just how it goes a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. And there were there was a time in my life where I thought that maybe well, where I didn't know more was possible and I didn't know that more was possible and I could take steps to actually have it. This is not mm-hmm. so if so if you're feeling a desire, if you're feeling inspired or hungry, you can 
expand your range here and have a different experience wherever you are, no matter how much, no matter how little or a lot sexual experience you've had. And one thing I think you can do today without even having a partner is build more self-awareness and attunement with self. I really think mm -hmm. attuning to self is a huge, and I learned the other way. I learned attuning to other people and now kind of I did the, you know, celibacy and went back into attunement with self after I had like a lot of sexual experience. But I think you can starting today tune into the wider experience of who you are and that will actually lead to more positive experiences when you're with other people in the future. Or you can join a sex cult. Depending on the sex cult, that can work. <laughs> more is possible. I just feel like sex is such an aggravating topic because it brings up this like, well, fuck you guys. I want to have sex now. I want to have that kind of sex right now. And I'm, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's true, but I just want to say it's totally possible. Yeah, it's possible. And it's and it's it's possible not just by luck. Yeah. Right. But by actually your your conscious kind of participation and your conscious intentions and your decisions. Great. OK, how do we close this thing out? I guess we just say, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Yes. And Email us. Tweet us. We love Twitter right now. So you can tweet us at, at H2BOK. I made a mistake. The Twitter handle is actually at H2BOK person. Now you can tweet us at, how, how do we tweet you? Lindsay Chrysler. I'm at Lindsay Chrysler. I'm at Robbie underscore Carlton. So you can tweet us. You can email Robbie at howtobeanokayperson.com, Lindsay at howtobeanokayperson.com, uh, or you can fill out that contact form and then we both get it. And there might be an address that we both get it to. But anyway, these are many ways that you can reach us and we want to hear from you. All right. Okay. So thanks, thanks so much for listening and we look forward to hearing from you and we'll be back sooner than last time. That's right. I feel like we're just getting started. Like, I want to do a whole show about interviewing you about pickup because it's fascinating. Yes, we have to. Yeah, we have to. Talk. I'm scared of that because of the lynch mobs that are out there right now. Just just trolling the Internet looking. I for, know. Well, I'm for... scared of just recording this one episode and we didn't even we didn't even really say anything. But we said things and everything yeah. will be used against us. Yeah. Welcome. We Welcome. 2018. Here we go. Hey, 2018. You, you you do not have to say anything, but anything you say may or may not be used against you. <laughs>